This podcast is Entel Enhanced. To see pictures, articles and links of what's being discussed, download the Entel app. Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hi, this is the Big Scuba Podcast. I'm Steve Lewis. I am the VP of Marketing for Dive Raid International. And today, Gemma, Ian and I are going to talk about, well, actually all sorts of things. Um, but it turns out all three of us are really interested in diving. So we're going to talk about scuba diving and some other things. So let's go. Welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. We are your hosts, Gemma and Ian. Before we get cracking with today's episode, we just want to make sure you have hit that follow button or the subscribe button, depending on what platform you are listening on. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and you enjoy what you're going to hear today, we would really appreciate it if you can leave a review and a five-star rating. So now that's out of the way, we just want to say welcome and thank you for all tuning in. And now it's time to dive into today's episode. Okay, everyone, welcome back to the Big Scuba Podcast. My name's Ian, I am one of the co-hosts, and with me is... Hello, I'm Gemma, I'm the other co-host. Well, it's been a few weeks since we've been back, it and uh, so first off, thanks for downloading this episode. Yep, and we're back, we've had a busy few weeks. We have, uh, and I was just looking back, and I've filled a whole sheet of, Gosh, <laughs> of what we've got and what we've, what's been going on, and because... Um, we, we should have brought an episode out last week, but we're, we're busy, we're doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so here we are, we've got a bit of a long, it's a bit of a long episode Makes this one. Up so for the last couple of weeks. And yep. it does, so bear with us, you might have to play this on your commute to work, and then home again, home again as well. Um, so yeah, we do try and keep it to under an hour, but you know. Sorry, this one's not. This one's a bit longer. Coming up on this one, we're going to have a little chat about what we've been up to. We are going to talk to you about Dima, because uh, mm-hmm. Dima's kicking off on Monday, tomorrow. Yeah, the first of, uh, well, first no, of November. Tuesday, first Tuesday, Tuesday November. kicks off yeah. on Tuesday. Yeah. We've got our update from Ben Benji. So yes. he's back. So he's our skipper in Ilfraku. And we've got a new jingle for him. So uh, there <laughs> we go, look out for that. Uh, We've got our guest, we'd like to bring a guest to you, and today we have got Vice President of Marketing of Dive Raid, Steve Lewis. Yes, so you've heard him do his intro, but yeah, he's going to talk to us a little bit more in depth. Well respected, and uh, uh, a pillar in the diving community. And a very so, nice guy. Yeah, brilliant. Um, we talked to him, he's uh, all the way out in Canada. He is, yeah. Yeah, but has got English connections as well yeah, as parents. Yeah, this is really good. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of sort of what's coming up. Um, and we've got a little bit of talk about uh, some of the people who also help um, involved in the podcast. Um, so we a couple of weeks ago we both were di- were diving at Stony Cove. Yes, yeah, you were on DM duty for two I days. I was. Uh, so uh, hello to the the students who all passed that weekend. Uh, I was DM for. Polly Wake, who runs Crystal Sea Scuba mm-hmm. in Norwich. Uh, so, yeah, that was my stint on duty that weekend. Uh, really good team, uh, really good uh, group of students, uh, mixed ages. Yes. And uh, yeah. they were all really good. Yeah. All passed. Um, you know, and it was, it was nice. Water, Saturday I was in my uh, wetsuit. Uh, what was like 18 degrees. Yeah, it was Why warm. would you not? Yeah. Yeah, no, it was a nice weekend. Uh, well, I was there the Saturday and the weather was uh, nice and bright, yeah. wasn't it? And, yeah, and on a Saturday, the first lot of dives are usually on the shelf anyway. Mm. And I just thought, oh, 
I don't really want to be in the thermals and dry suit for that. So uh, wetsuit it and it was great. It was absolutely fine. Visibility uh, was a little bit iffy at times. Got worse in the day, didn't it? It did, yeah, it did a little bit. Certainly wasn't as good as the time before that when we saw all the fish and all that, but there's still a lot. Um, Baby fish. Yeah, a lot, a lot of baby fish uh, still at the cockpit. And uh, Saturday, on Sunday, we go a bit deeper, so I wanted the dry suit because I've just got my dry suit back from... 03 from being mm-hmm. fixed a nice new neck seal and a few little repairs uh, thank you very much very quick turnaround from 03 yeah that was good wasn't it so uh, the hello to our friends at 03 uh, so yeah yeah it was good getting that done what and news with yeah I dived on Saturday and met up with Matt Rivett and Lloyd Pearson Scuba Matt Scuba Matt so you had a couple of dives with those two Who's guys funny enough he's coming on the podcast in a few yeah, weeks time Matt's uh, yeah very experienced diver and uh, yeah he'll be on in a couple of weeks to tell us about his diving journey yeah if you don't know who matt is uh so matt has been diving uh probably similar time to me actually um mm. and uh, done a bit of cave diving with the mm. thomases uh sing and side mount and now got a rebreather yeah yeah and it's a kiss rebreather i think it's it is yeah so he dived on the rebreather on saturday and yeah. then uh, lloyd and i were on I know he's building his hours up as well. So, uh, uh, so Matt will be coming on to talk to us. He's just recently been the scapper, mm-hmm. and uh, so uh, how was it? You were nice for you to buddy up with something different this time. Yeah, yeah, it was a, yeah. So it was a, a three a trio of us. So which was good. So yeah, first dive was okay, and the second dive was really good, and uh, got down to some a bit of the depth. Yeah, so. good, good. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, it was good. Always good to see the uh, friendly bunch at Stony Cove. Uh, if you don't know where Stony Cove is in the UK, it's in the Mid- Midlands. Yes, yeah. So uh, if you look at Birmingham on the map, and then look just south for Birmingham um, and look a little bit east, you'll kind of find where Stony Cove is. So mm. uh, roughly there. Um, so that's roughly what we've been doing two weeks ago. Then this weekend, so yesterday, so on a regular basis, every sort of like sort of three months, would you say? Um, usually when there's a special day coming yeah, up, isn't there? Yeah, it's the, the Green Party uh, in Norwich organise a litter pick along the river at what well, near the cathedral, but they've involved us as uh, scuba divers. Yeah, so we've been uh, supporting them for the last, what, year and a bit, really, mm. with this. Well, I think we started, it was kind of in between COVID, wasn't it? 2020? Yeah. It is organised yeah. by the Norwich Greens, but it's in absolutely no way any at all, because we're not... No political, political. allegiance. There's no political allegiance uh, at all. Uh, it's just a basically, I, let's say it's more of a community-led event to yeah. go there for two hours in the morning go litter pick around the whole it's the river it's a funny one actually because it goes from the river Wenson to river yeah mm. roughly along there somewhere um but it's, you know a whole group of people usually you saw anywhere from about 30 to 40 people yeah the green party provide the litter picking equipment the bags the litter pickers the fluorescent jackets the gloves you so can literally just turn up yeah, and they'll really provide good. you gloves everything you, you need yeah. And they'll give you an area, not on your own, you, as a group. As a team. Yeah, as a team, and you go around and, and lip yeah. pick. Yeah, and we um, did that yeah, yesterday on Saturday, and we saw one of our diving colleagues as well, Emma Sturman from yeah. Norfolk Beach Cleans. Yeah. So, 
Yep, so it was great to see somebody else. So Emma was doing, obviously, land-based um, cleaning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was great to see some familiar faces as it well. It was, yeah. We jumped in. Um, and it's really strange because we, we got in the water for about 10 o'clock, didn't we? Yes. And, it was and the river had a good flow on it. And then by the time we jumped in at 10, um, so we arrived just, just after 9, didn't we? Um, by the time we'd actually come to start the event... The flow had stopped on the river. <laughs> had the slack had obviously and, uh, hit. Just the visibility gone. No. It was down to uh, I was on the bottom crawling basically. There's no visibility <laughs> at all. A few centimeters. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just <laughs> yeah. So you did the underwater. I stayed pretty much on the surface and just kept cover. Really, I think it was a. It was good. It was a um, good event, and um, it was really good to uh, help. And we managed to, although the there was not much visibility um, still managed to pull some things you up. did awesomely yeah you picked up a huge bollard and a few cones yeah and um, a few other bits few and pieces bottles and something which i thought was a route and that weren't it was some Cables, kind of wiring or something yeah. but um strangely enough usually you see a lot of cans and bottles and stuff mm. uh didn't see that much from what i could see um, <laughs> but the land-based people collected an amazing amount of rubbish oh loads loads did so well and i think they'd obviously picked up there were some sharps and things so they'd let the council know they were yeah. going to sort those out um but yeah lots of rubbish and um, filled the back of my van basically yeah, didn't it yeah. the amount of stuff somebody found a bike yeah quite a nice we bike. A bike but it wasn't a decrepit bike We're always fine good bikes the good news is is that these bikes then go if they're if they're in a good condition, not if they're rotten or whatever, but if they're in a, a reasonable condition where they can be cleaned up and a bit of oil, and uh, they can, they go to a charity and the charity then um, use them or they'll sell them and yeah. um, well, so think, something happens to them. Yeah, they the, don't just get bin. No, the important thing to say is the city council come and pick up that rubbish that we collected. They sort through it. Yeah, and they like some of it gets recycled, it gets sorted, and then will then get dispersed into the yeah, right avenues. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that stuff shouldn't be there, so it needs to be mm. picked up. Uh, it'd be great if it wasn't there in the first place, but, you know, it, at least it gets picked up. But that's why these events are great, because it makes this awareness of people of, about all this litter, and, yeah, I think if more people get involved, it kind of yeah. makes it a bit more... The next event will be in March, um, so, you know, keep an eye on our social media, because we when it comes to the point... Uh, we, you know we do share about it don't we yeah. so uh, yeah so if you're in the Norwich Norfolk area and you want to take part then you know yeah uh, you can get involved but we better give a shout out to Peter Cutting and Gary Champion who kind of whether you organize and Peter's son Mike who helped uh, pull that great big heavy <laughs> yes. in, I yeah. Went down. yeah and we did a quick interview with Peter so we'll we'll just let you which hear is funny that. enough coming up in this episode yes well we'll go into that now and then we'll be back brilliant hey. Yeah, right. We are here. We're in Norwich Car Park. And so we're here in Norwich Car Park. And uh, we just finished doing a river clean. And Gemma's here. Hello. And we're here with Peter Cutting, who's one of the volunteers uh, who's basically helped organise the net for these last few years. Peter, say hello. Oh, hello. Hello. Say hello to the Big Scuba Podcast oh, and our hello, listeners. Big, big Scuba Podcast. So how long have you been doing it? Five years. Five years. Five years. It's fifth year this year. Yeah. Obviously with a bit of a gap because of COVID. What yeah. got you involved in river cleaning and organising? Okay, I think it was because 
I wanted to do something that was feasible, realistic, but would have a practical value, you know, would actually be worth doing. Yeah. And I wanted to do that both as a, on a personal level, but I also want to do it as part, part of the Green Party, because I think it, it sends a message to people, just passing a by on the riverbank or whatever. Yeah. You know, when they see people who've got Green Party things on, doing practical tasks like that, I think it leaves an impression, which, you know, it's, it's all very positive. So I was very keen that we did stuff that was, um, you know, actually at the end of the day was, was really, really worth doing. And over the last five years, we've hooked an enormous amount of muck out, you know, off the banks, yeah. out of the river. And, and since you guys have been involved off the river bed as off well, of course, bed, which yeah. is a relatively recent yeah. thing. But we, 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 I mean, must have hundreds of bagfuls of stuff. Yeah. Plus the cones and the trolleys and all that sort of thing. And it does make a, it does make a difference. It yeah, does. It really yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we had like today. If, if, like today, if we haven't been uh, here, mm. all of us, mm. all this stuff, and there's probably be how many bags, would you say? Oh, I don't know. It must be at least 40 or uh, and A good big, 40. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Big, you know, big objects like that. Cones. Traffic cones and a supermarket trolley and, and a, a bollard. Uh, got a bike. Yeah, bikes, all sorts of stuff, you know, all manner of stuff. And the other thing, which is, I think, important about these events, Ian, is that it's not difficult for lots of people to get involved no because you can you can borrow the stuff from yeah. the city council the litter pickers and the gloves you can you know, bin bags are cheap aren't they really yeah yeah and it means that anybody and everybody of all shapes, sort of shapes and sizes can come along and help out either yeah. on the water yeah. or on the banks yeah you know if you don't want to go on the, in a canoe fine there's plenty of muck on the banks to pick up you know so yeah. it's a good community thing it is and it's yeah. not you know although it's a green party organizer i mean the people who turn out aren't green party supporters no. they just come along to help i'm so, not uh, we're no, not no, we're no, not no, affiliated with any be? party no, you know be? i mean the thing is that i think it's a, it's a community activity yeah which is you know kind of facilitated by the yeah. Green party but somebody's got to do it somebody's yeah. got to organize it I mean, you, you know, know it could be facilitated by big scuba and we can't we can't leave it to the everyday person just to turn up and go should we do some should yeah, we not because then yeah, nothing happens yeah, so yeah. you know somebody's got to take the initiative that's and right, you've yeah. been doing that yeah, and that's yeah. been really good no, I, I, it's good and we've never had any serious problems i mean the biggest problems probably have been things that we found you know like yeah. sharps and knives and yeah. things like that yeah. but i must say norwich city council is excellent and I, you know they're not good at much but they're bloody good at coming around and collecting stuff like that yeah they really are good they've got a special team they're really on the ball and they'll come around and sort it all out you know very quickly yeah so, so even though it looks like we're flying fly tip in here and we've you know <laughs> this has all been checked out uh we leave the stuff it's yep. on the grass it's out, it's of the it, way, out of the way and then come monday morning the norwich city council yep. guys they come and yeah, pick it all up, it all up and, take it away, yeah. and then it gets recycled well we hope well it goes to something so yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 Unless it's going to be sorted out as well. Yeah, of course so it is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been really good, right, and good. Uh, it's well, good to get all this help. stuff. Yeah, thank you for inviting us again. Just how it goes. I think if the flow had kept up, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. then I think the visibility yeah, would, would have been better. But okay, it is what right. it is. So, yeah, uh, yeah. but the next one is in March. March. I'll let you know the date. That's usually it's something to do with like uh, yeah, a river, like a river world, day or yeah, something. World yeah. Environment Day or something, but whatever it is, we'll, we'll, we'll let you know when it is. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. Thank you thank very you, much. Peter.
So that was Peter. Thank you very much, Peter, for organising the uh, River Clean yesterday. Uh, something that we enjoy and we uh, are looking forward to already in March. Yeah, it's a real feel good event. And it was, yeah. I might do, uh, might do it in a wetsuit next time. I don't know. We'll March? See. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Anyway, coming up on Tuesday, Dima. Let's talk about Dima. Uh, so, really great event as the, what, the whole world of diving. Yes. Uh, looks forward to think, starting every year. Yeah, and this is the first time since the pandemic it's been like the real proper yes. dinner, I think, where yeah, lots come, of more people come are going. to us from Florida. Yeah, Orlando. Yeah, um, and it looks to be uh, another great event. Yeah, there's plenty of uh, exhibitors and plenty of visitors. Yeah. Yeah, so there's an app even, isn't there? There is an app. I've downloaded the app and it looks really good. Uh, I've been going through it and you can, you know, for people like us who won't. Uh, unfortunately be there this year you can still get involved mm -hmm. uh, because you can go on there on the app uh, it's a free app um, and I believe this app is the same for um, if you haven't got an iPhone lucky um, <laughs> you can still use the uh, app on other phones on, as well yeah Android and Apple Android yeah sorry um, so I'm an iPhone you're <laughs> Yeah, the other sort. Um, so yeah, you can you still use the you can use the app to basically go on there and say right, okay, uh, I want to hear what Tech Clark's talking about. He's got a, a, one of his things he's talking about is uh, risk mitigation. Yeah. So it's... so even though you you're not there physically, you can go on there and download that. I think there is a cost. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, so you need to look at that, but start with the app. Get the app. And you can get all the information that you need to still take part, even though you're not at the show. Um, now we spoke to, to Tech just last week um, because Tech is uh, one of the speakers, and he's one of our previous guests. One of our previous guests, and one of the things he uh, came out with. Do you remember? Was Transform. Transform. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. And uh, so something just to bear in mind. Yeah. Transform. <laughs> anyway, we digress. So. Uh, tech is going to be talking to the Dima show. One thing will be is diving deep into your business. Yeah, which will be interesting. Cause so like marketing um, and think other sort of things to be aware of. Yeah, it's in good. The, in the diving world, in business, because, you know, diving just about having pleasurable times. It's about no. business as well. And he does apply it, you know, you can apply it to your business life I yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, power of podcasting that's on Thursday which would be you know, obviously a good one uh, to be looking at yeah you know, and obviously Tech how Clark, do you start a podcast yeah and Tech Clark has two podcasts he does yeah um, and there's a uh, a panel of people who will be talking about podcasting yes. how they got involved I think also YouTube in that as well mm -hmm. um, and also and the other one I mentioned is on Thursday is this risk mitigation, uh, which we'll be talking about risk in business, but that's particularly uh, aimed at the diving pros. Mm -hmm. so, so things to be aware of when you're teaching students, things like that. Yeah, well that's good because it's all part of you know widening the scuba industry and people yeah. progressing and hopefully getting a business out of it as well. Yeah, it is, and uh, all stuff that uh, the serious, the serious side of, it, of diving. Yeah, diving is. You know, 
it's not all about having fun. It is people's businesses no, as well. We've got to yeah, sort of be respectful of that. So yeah, you know, hope you have a great time if you're going to um, you're going to Demon yeah. next year, uh, uh, this year, and Demon next year is coming from New Orleans. Yeah. yeah. So which would be a really cool, be cool one to go to. Yeah, you never know. Hopefully, no. maybe next year we can go. That'd yeah. be really cool, wouldn't it? Um, so yeah, so Demon, let us know if you're going. Uh, let's know if you've been. And uh, what did you think? You know, any any things you thought well, you know, they could have done more on or yeah, let us know. Just let us know what just you think. Have, yeah, have some feedback. If you haven't heard of Demev, um, wherever you are in the world, yeah, look it up. They've got a website as well. But have a have a little delve, and uh, I'm sure you'll find something quite interesting. For them. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay, um, next coming up on this episode, we have got Captain. Captain Ben. Ben Benji. Yes, yes. So he's been with us on a previous episode, but he's going to be a regular feature on the podcast. Yeah. Not every episode, it's going to be every few months. And he's just going to give us an update on his life as a boat skipper in Ilfracune. He is. And a great character, a whole family of uh, yeah. skippers, and uh, who have all been in the dark, in the fishing and diving wild boat. swimming oh, yeah and the, involved in the wildlife yeah so it's an amazing well we obviously connected with him because we went on his boat diving in Lundy back in May, May. yeah and then from there yeah we've obviously built sort of a connection with him and yeah uh, people are people know him and his dad particularly yes. uh, he's also a skipper um you know and uh, yeah and uh yeah, we. That's really great to have him on board, yes. coming on and giving us some regular updates. Yeah, he's a yeah lovely guy, lovely character, and uh, so he's going to give us an update. Yeah, literally on his last few months. Yeah, isn't it? so months. well, should we do? Yep. So after Ben, um, we'll go straight into Steve as well, won't we? Yeah, so, this is it. So enjoy this interlude with Ben, and let us know what you think. <laughs> Let it go, Sammy. It's that time in the podcast where we take you back to North Devon and catch up with RNLI coxswain, Captain Ben Benji of the Barber B Dive and Fishing Boat in Ilfracombe Harbour. Mind those ropes. Hello. Hey, no, I'm not very good at this technology. <laughs> how you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. Yeah, 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 nice to see you. See you too. Yeah, so you've been keeping busy? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> we're, we're always watching you on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't read into my weird Instagram posts. We uh, like your music. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Weird Instagram post gets people minds thinking. <laughs> they're good. Yeah, they're good. Is yeah. he been keeping busy though? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm back to sea in like what time now? Seven. I thought, I thought of you this morning. They were. Um, I was on the road and uh, the shipping forecast come on and it comes on about Lundy and Fastnet. Yeah, ten ten to the hour every four hours. That said, it was going to be a bit windy there today. Yeah, it was a bit windy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was a bit. 
Yeah, day off. When did we last get to see? Monday, yeah. Back out tomorrow morning, bright and breezy. So what time are you off in the morning? Four. Four? Oh, not too long. Up at ten to three. Yeah. <laughs> well, we won't yeah. keep you because no, no, no doubt was, you'll be wanting right. you. I was doing, I was doing, I, me and Sammy have started with this um, personal trainer at quarter to five in the morning, three days a week. Wow, well done. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's um, some guy on the lifeboat and he was a ex paratrooper. He's been trying to get us to do it for years. Really? And me and Sammy, I just went, oh, I'll do it. And then I went to one and I said to Sammy, do you want to get on this? You ain't charging us. I was like, all right. Yeah, we're three weeks in, only another nine to go. So what have you been doing? Running or all sorts? Weights? Yeah, that high intensity, like 40 (laughs) second. I thought I was quite fit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but he's a paratrooper. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I was quite fit. And then he was like, did you sit up? Nah. <laughs> uh, no all there whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, quarter, quarter what was it? Yeah, twenty to four. I was up this morning. Yeah, quarter to five we start, finished by Blimey. twenty to six, and then trying to eat like scrambled egg on toast at like ten to six in the morning ain't fun. <laughs> I thought yeah. CrossFit at half past six was bad enough. Blimey. Yeah, well, on on Monday, me and Sam had done it. Then we went to sea for thirteen hours. Oh, Ian would have just been asleep having a nap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> the first hundred pots were painful. I know that much. Was, yeah, found <laughs> muscles in my body. I didn't even know I had. <laughs> I didn't know they could hurt there. Yeah. Oh well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, Sammy getting on okay with it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. <clears throat> we both moan. We'll be moaning tomorrow morning about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see enough of him, really, in all honesty. I want to see more of it. Is he getting you doing burpees and things? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we did burpees the first week. Um, what were we doing today? Like legs and <laughs> back. Yeah, lifting, like, yeah, doing squats and that. And, yeah. So what are you not... doing for weights then? Or you do, do, is it kind of like body weight stuff? Yeah, but it's only, it's only like 12 and a half kilo weights, but yeah. For 40 seconds. <laughs> what do we, we went, he, he does a gym class every Saturday. And he said to us, if you don't come Friday morning, you can come to the, if you don't go Friday at quarter to five, come to the gym class at 10 past eight. That was an hour. It's not about 40 minutes, and he's got us doing this half Hindu thing. Like, we got, we got to like be on all fours, go down, then push up like a press up. Well, really? I hurt after that, so I had to go and um, have a few apples that night in the pub just to, like, <laughs> I tell you, that is tough stuff, that body weight stuff. That's, um, what do they call that? Um, Calinetics. Calinetics, isn't it? Yeah. Shouts at me, that's about that. <laughs> oh, well, well, very good. That's really good. Yeah. So are you, you're diving... It's finished now, is it? Diving time? Yeah, diving, diving's over. I don't know, last week diving. Two, three, three weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Three weeks ago. We had a weird bird at Lundy last last week. Yeah, a load of twitch. Last week? Yeah, it must have been last Yeah, a load of twitches ringing up on like Saturday night. Can you take us to Lundy tomorrow and go see this bird? Yeah, crap on. Yeah, the bird weren't there. <laughs> no way. It happens, it happens quite a bit. It was um, a Baltimore or- Oriole. Normally flies the um, east coast of America from like New York, like down to like Mexico. 
And then you reckon it was there on the Saturday, and then on the Saturday night it was clear sky, and he says, said he reckons he's just flown south. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah, quite a bit of like rare, like with the with the weather systems we get across the Atlantic, get quite a few rare birds. Last year we had a um a warbler, and it went nuts that day. It went, yeah, Dad had like two hundred missed calls in under an hour. Wow. Really? <laughs> yeah. 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 About fifty thousand people to help to like depart to come to London. It's nuts. <laughs> That's no bonkers, way. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, twitchers. They're they're a strange breed. I'm not gonna lie. They I are. thought divers were a bit strange. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, nuts. Yeah, we we had one. One. He was. We first went over like say a Tuesday night. He was only there for one day. That night it left, and then like everyone else carried on. We stopped. Um, there was a bloke in John O'Groats that morning. And he drove from John O'Groats to Ilfracune to get on the boat to go to London because it's like warbler. It was like the first ever time it like been in the UK. It's a it's a Thailand bird. So he got lost. Got very lost. Very. So lost. he drove all the way from John O'Groats to 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 the Ilfracune harbour, and then what? Did you take him over? And it weren't there. No, it was there that night, and then oh. the next the next day it gone. By the next day, we went to go over, and they're all like, all these twitches are on pages, and like I'm like, no, well, know how expensive pages are, and like literally, yeah, they're literally just paging. They're like, there's been no signs of it, and the, I had a group the next day that had come down from Newcastle, no signs of it, and they're like, yeah, I'm going home. Here's your money. We're going home. No way. Good business. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but yeah, they're nuts. And because like I'm the only boat left, like one for the winter month, the only boat left. I said to him, I said, "Ring me day or night." I said, "At night after ten o'clock, you got to ring me twice if it's important." And yeah, start driving. We'll take you. Fair enough. Yeah. Wow, that's a yeah. new one. Yeah, that is. Pictures, they love it. Yeah. So, so with the you fishing now, then. Yeah, yeah, back on the Welks. Yeah. Yeah. How's the season going? All right. Yeah. It's what it is. It's, yeah, it's, it's going good. It's going good. Um, this weather's not playing ball, really. Mm. Weather, time. Is there, a good sea, is there a good weather for whelk fishing? That calm. Really? No swell. It was, as, and as the water starts dropping now, they'll start crawling. Um, but up until that point, yeah, they're like, yeah, in the summer, they normally all bury in the mud. Mm. It's all, really? it's, you know, you wouldn't want to smell the boat right now. Hot. Yeah, but yeah, like, that can't be any worse than a diver. Let's face oh, it, a lot of divers smell. Trust me, trust me. If you think you haven't like washed your like undersuit for like three years, it's still not smelling. Oh, no. <laughs> nice. It's like it's tomorrow morning, like when me and Sammy lift the bait tub open and get the bait out, it'll be all right because it was frozen. But the other day, it's just like all the gurry coming out, like the dog fish and that, like that. And then all then all then all day, that's all you can smell. And then like you have a fart, that's what you literally <laughs> fart and fart and well. Oh, it's horrible. You come home, you're like, I've had a shower. Why do I smell? Yeah, it just gets in your hair, that fishy smell. It's just like, you just can't. That's, why, that's why I guess keep going shorter and shorter and shorter. <laughs> at the end, like at the end, I've had like, if if like you work every day, my hoodie could literally just walk off the boat because it's covered in salt. Yeah. Like it's, if you put it, well, when I used to bring all my hoodies home, when I used to mum and dad's, 
it, it'd be horrible, right? I'd just hang my hoodie up, you like put it on at two in the morning, you'd, you'd literally like start gagging straight away. No, Wow. You'd think you'd get used to it. It's a bit like farmers and manure. They you kind of get used to it, don't you? You get, don't... you get used you get used to it because like I stop for four months whilst I mm. get the smell, and then like the first time you open the bait, then I go, Oh geez, I miss it. I just bring back divers. Bring back the divers. <laughs> so when did like... the dive and finish? Pardon? When did the dive and finish? Three, three weeks ago, I think. Yeah, I think I can't remember. It's it's a long. It's been a long like time. Has it been a good dive season? Do you think? They're, they're, oh yeah, phenomenal. Um, we only cancelled. I think I only cancelled four dates in the whole yeah. year. That's really which, good, isn't it? Wow. That means next year is going to be absolutely shocking. Probably. You just weather was on your side this year. Yeah, everything. Everything was like. The, where normally you'd get like the Atlantic swells in in August, you just never had it. Yet. Yeah, yeah. We never cancelled a whole weekend. We got one day in on the on the dates we cancelled. Three, three, three dates. I think I cancelled. Yeah, we never cancelled a whole weekend. Yeah. Apart from the first weekend of the season, but that doesn't count because that, that always happens. Yeah. 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 Anything? Yeah. Any sort of thing come to mind? Any? Anything, anyone that kind of st- stood out over the season? Um, a lithium battery bloke catching on fire at 23 metres. No. Yeah, yeah. We're doing survey work with London. Was it external or internal? On internal. We in- just haven't like done it up enough, so the water <gasps> seeped it. And then he's brought it on the boat. And, yeah, I didn't really want it on the boat. <laughs> wow. A fire blanket. Yeah, wrapped it up. Then, yeah, um, so they're quite tough to put. You, I don't think you can put them out of water, can you? No, they they're self self fueled, so they'd keep burning underneath the water. Yeah, he was, he was down, he was down diving Diona. He was literally going from the Robert to Diona, and um, he was just seeing bubbles coming out the side of his like casing. Oh, what's this? It wasn't it wasn't even his torch on a camera. And he went, oh Jesus! So he came up, and then as he came onto the deck, deck was started going brown. I'm like, what the hell was going on? And then he opened it, you just start to see flames shooting out. No way. Wow, it just shows it's dangerous, isn't it? That's- yeah. Well, this is the problem that can be with some of these um, heated vests that you can buy, because the some of them that you the batteries are on the inside of your dry suit. And that's the last you you know, last thing you want. You know, and uh, like fitness trackers, they all got these batteries in, mm. and you got to be really careful um, down at depth. You know, having something like that internal. The best ones are the external ones. Yeah. Yeah, have on the outside, don't have on the inside. Jesus. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Wow, that's a bit naughty. I see you've got some um, uh, solar panels on your boat. Yeah, I've gone up in the world. <laughs> New, new propellers and then yeah new propellers what else we got shore power new battery turn-ons yeah I had the electricians down for three three four four days three, yeah four. literally just catching up from when i bought the boat um of what i wanted doing yeah so now when the boat's alongside the wall i can plug plug in and it'll power it'll charge my batteries up and just stuff like that. That's good then. It is in the engine room for when the boat's not out, so it's not getting all damp. 
then yeah, solar panels, brilliant bit of kit that is. Yeah, I got, I bet. A, got an app on my phone. So when I let's see, it literally told me how many like watts are going in through the pack through the panels. It's just for when we're um sat on the mooring with divers and the kettles are going all the time. And at the end of the season your batteries would be dead. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're having to start the boat up to um charge the batteries to charge the kettles where Britain's always sunny, you know. Yeah, so it makes, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it, it just makes it, it yes. just makes sense. And then we changed how the batteries charge off the different engines. So when like the lift's going up and down, it wasn't charging the kettles. So now we've changed it. So when the when the engine's onto the lift, it's charging the kettles. There's little things. Yeah. So it takes about ten years to like work these kind of things out. That's a good idea, yeah, but that's good because it's all like it's a bit sustainable, then, isn't it? And it's yeah, yeah. oh yeah, these these panels, what are they? They're silicone silicone panels. Three to four, well, they reckon three, you reckon three to four years lifespan on these mm. panels. Um, but yeah, they yeah, brilliant bits of kit. Yeah, and then, then you haven't got to change your batteries, and then you're not killing the environment as much. Yeah, yeah. that's right because they don't have to be you know disposed of, don't they? And yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So yeah, eco way. That's got to get electric engines next, and we're there. Boy, yeah. <laughs> well, there are electric boats out there, aren't there? There's yeah, there's on, like... electric ferry down Plymouth Way. Hmm. Yeah. got to find a way. Yeah. 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 Well, technology with batteries is uh, is coming on the whole time, isn't it? So, uh, so it's good. What, what's what's going on with the lifeboat? A lot. Been busy? Uh, yeah, there was a nice one on sat- Saturday night, but I wasn't there. I was in the pubs sorting my legs out, you know, because they were hurting. Um, yeah, they had a fisherman fall off the rocks in like the northwest storm. But yeah, we had quite a nice couple, like rough shouts, really. Yeah, you had the helicopter out, didn't you, on that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't hear again. I didn't hear the helicopter. I, I signed off. I was in the in, in the pub. <laughs> no, we had then we had a helicopter on the other on one of the cutoffs down Lee Bay, um, three miles. We had cutoffs down there. That was quite nasty. Yeah, yeah I was on helm on the little one and um, couldn't get in there. It was like two and a half meter swell going ashore on the rocks. Wow. wow. If they they were like thirty foot up, if they were fifteen foot up, I'd have probably done it. But the risk versus reward benefit wasn't there. And Hendar, the helicopter pilot, did a fantastic job of um, mm. getting in there. Yeah, it's, yeah, those guys. They, that's why they pay big bucks to drive them things. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, but as long as everybody's safe and sound, that's amazing. Yeah. Right, isn't it? I can't really remember a lot. I'm not going to lie. It's where I need Sammy with me because he reminds me of these things. <laughs> we'll have to bring him on another time. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll get Sammy here to remind me of what we what we actually do because I, I don't remember a lot. <laughs> then, then I'll get off this call and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember doing that now. <laughs> oh, well, it sounds like you've been busy. So yeah. um, what about the seals in Lundy? If they kind of disappeared or if they had their pups now? Um, the puppin, puppin well, mm. they're all still there. Um, very playful as always. Um, a few more at the end of the season with bits of rope around their necks and right. bits of twine. Um, unfortunately, none of them ever came close enough to divers to be able to cut off. 
because occasionally they do come right up to the divers and let them cut it off. But no, yeah. So I don't know because you can't sedate them. That's the issue mm. because if you sedate them on the rocks and then they go into the sea, you know, you're not going to get them in time. No. No. <laughs> so no. Trying to lift a 200 kilo seal up from the surf, up from the bottom to the surface, isn't yeah. Yeah. So, but we've noticed that of a lot more plastic in the water this year. Really. Yeah. Um, Why do you think that is? I don't know. Could be the weather because it's not getting washed up. Amount of balloons this year. Yeah, I think you post, I, you posted about picking up some I balloons. I don't know. As balloons are still like sold. Yeah, they what should are be these banned. Foil balloons. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. And then there was one balloon at the start of the season that had dates on it from where like different people had picked it up. And what? Then it, yeah, it was like, but it was like two, like three or four days consecutively of when they've done it. Yeah, it's nuts. Yeah, it's just um, yeah, a lot more plastic. Then obviously we've had with the bird flu, loads of dead gannets, unfortunately. Mm. Um, yeah. to Lundy. Um, yeah, it's been a bit of a bad year for that. Yeah, but these things, you know, they've kind of. Human, well, Mother Nature, isn't it? It's just uh, with yeah. birds and the bird flu, but yeah, yeah the plastic's birds, not a good thing. Yeah, the plastic and like the amount of like waste. That's, yeah, it's waste. And the issue is that it all comes in clumps of weed. Yeah. So, like as we're driving along, we're like dodging the weed, and sometimes you just can't dodge it. And in the middle of that weed, there's like loads of like netting or something, and suddenly, yeah, my nice, no shiny props aren't so shiny, and the boat's juddling around like anything. Yeah. Yeah. What about the dolphins? Is it in them? Um, I think so. I, I see. I stopped paying attention to dolphins when we started. <laughs> you see, we were like, we get excited. I can, I can imagine what it's like because you see them regularly. But for us, we're like, wow, it's dolphins. It's, it's, it's quite funny. Sammy's um, girlfriend started working on one of the charter boats, and she got all like really excited by seeing dolphins. Yeah, it's just like blase of like, yeah. Dolphins. Yeah, dolphins. <laughs> they slow they slow us down on our day. We've got to stop playing them. Um no, yeah, we had I think I had dolphins the other week, last week. Yeah. Um Anything I, else? Adam I've seen tuna. Can't be positive, but I'm Adam I've been seeing tuna north of London. Wow. Um but other than that, no, I haven't really I haven't really seen a lot more. Will a tuna be in that area? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've had, last year, I must have been that this time last year, I had a tuna jump at the boat. Really? Yeah, yeah, proper jump at the boat, yeah. Yeah, I guess it's to do with the jet stream, isn't it? The... Yeah, I mean, they are coming up this way because yeah. there's a lot of feed. I mean, you get, like, the pilot whales up here and the minkies. Yeah. Um, feed. Yeah, so, yeah, you, you get them up here. Um, but other than that, yeah, not, not a lot else to report. Mm. Yeah. Oh, okay well that's been good to hear from you and um you know that's good to catch up with what's what you've been up to and what have you uh so the next time you know if we can get you back sort of late november yeah that's fine i'll bring sammy that time because yeah, bring him along. yeah that'd be cool <laughs> remind me what i forgot <laughs> <laughs> you have to yeah. take notes yeah. <laughs> the issue is i'm severely dyslexic and i can't read my own handwriting <laughs> Take as many notes from you as you want, and I'll be going. Uh, what does that say? What does that say? 
Yeah, Sammy can be your notebook, can't he? Yeah. yeah. Same as my old man. My old man's not dyslexic, but I can't read his writing, so I have to get other people like to decipher it. My like, voice. <laughs> Oh, that. Uh, uh, yeah, oh, well, brilliant. it's been good yeah so well hopefully um yeah you'll have a good the weather will stay calm for you that's the main thing isn't it so you yeah. Can, yeah, they, they yeah. give it they give it dropping away um tonight to uh, barely nothing bit fresh friday then back out again saturday so but so you're still many... open for charters yeah 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 i'll do anything to make money yeah yeah so yeah. how many are you fishing just when the tides are right so every other day, yeah, um, and then yeah, yeah, every other day, and the fishing gets good. Go every day, yeah. But then that messes up my gym. Then see, got got to get this keep fitting every day. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Anything so I don't have to go. Don't I can't let the bloke who does it for me listen to this. No, <laughs> All right, and Ben, that's been good. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's been great to see you again. Yeah, so and uh, yeah, we'll drop you a line when uh, it's out on the podcast. But yeah, be yeah, just tag me. Let's keep sharing. Yeah, and thanks for all the sharing you do for us. It's yeah, great. That's yeah. brilliant. Thank you very much. Yeah, no worries. Thank you very much, guys. All, all right, right, then. Catch see you, you later. See you, Ben. So, Steve Lewis, welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. It's very kind of you to join us. And uh, would you like to tell our audience and our listeners around the world who you are and what you do? Um, I am a diver. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for turning up. That's it. And, you know, uh, for the the English audience, I started off as a BSAC diver uh, many years ago. Um, We had, uh, when we were taking our equipment to and from the the dive site, and remember those checkout dives, there were pterodactyls flying overhead. I had to get the Allosaurus Rexes out of the way. Were they together at the same period? <laughs> out of the way to, to get to the dive site. No, I, uh, I started out uh, in England and um, now I live in Canada. I am an avid cave diver. Uh, the reason I like cave diving is because it's extremely safe compared to uh, wreck diving, which is wreck diving's in the ocean and there's all that space and, you know, you could get lost. It's scary. I'm sure um, the uh, wreck divers say the same thing about cave diving, though. Yes. Well, I used to, I used to, um, I used to use a, a, an often toted phrase, which was, "I'm a wreck diver. I'm a, excuse me, I'm a cave diver that doesn't get seasick, so I go wreck diving <laughs> sometimes." But as time has gone on, and I've gotten a little older and uh, probably a little wiser, I uh, my days of cold water diving. Uh, certainly limited now, uh, but I live where I actually am is uh, about 250 kilometers north of Toronto. And I'm in the middle of the Great Lakes. And mm. so there's, there's a ton of wreck diving here. It's really, really um, extraordinarily prolific in terms of dive sites, which is great. Um, but as I say, I, I do very little cold water diving. <laughs> so. <laughs> I wait until I can get to somewhere warm and cave dive, and it's, as I say, it's much, it's cozy, it's nice. Um, yeah, so I, 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 um, I work for RAID, I'm the Vice President of Marketing. Um, we, as a company, um, 
bunch of us we were all consultants for the for the old raid and at the beginning of the year um the former owners asked us as a group would we be interested in buying the company and we said yeah why not yeah idiots idiots that we were. <laughs> it's an opportunity yeah <laughs> so, so there's uh i have uh, a bunch of partners they're all they're all divers they're all really invested in the, the diving industry and um we do our best to bring a quality product to uh our instructors our dive shops but most of all to the people who trust us to uh train them mm. and to, uh, to turn them on to the same adventure that some of us have enjoyed in fact most of us have enjoyed for you know eons for years and years and years i don't think and um, but yeah, most of the most of the management team are gray-haired and old, but there's a couple of you know younger people in the group. But between us, and I've never done this calculation, I probably should. Between us, we must have several hundred years of diving experience. <laughs> That's good though, isn't is it? And that's astonishing in a way. It is. And uh, you know, the fact that you've that experience and number of dives has all stayed within the community stayed within the business mm -hmm. and you're running it as a business to bring more people in to it um into the you know into the sport as well which is you know that's really important isn't it yeah if if someone asked me you know what can we bring into the community at large I would say the couple of things. One of them is enthusiasm, and the other one's experience. So the enthusiasm really has benefits because you know there really is that. You know, why the hell would you become a scuba instructor? Think about it. I mean, you know, you're not going to get rich. You're not going to get famous. You know, you're not going to get stopped in Walmart and asked for a, for an autograph. That just isn't going <laughs> to happen. But um, there is that whole thing about, and I think both of you have, have seen this, where you take some someone in the water for the first time and they're you know that you can see the life-changing experience just yeah. happening right there i know that i've done that uh, with cave students you know taking them into a cave for the first for the first real cave dive you know towards the end of their class and you just you know you can hear the the enthusiasm wow that i think is one of the reasons to keep doing it and the other one is the the experience and the experience counts for something because um scuba diving does have a lot of risks involved in it uh part and parcel of the package that comes with it the you know the price you pay for that life-altering experience um and i think as a as an industry as a as a certainly as a as a as a team at braid we're very conscious of that and we try very very hard to make our curriculum and the way we teach not difficult not hard just for the sake of being hard but realistic because you yeah. both know um you can you know you can hurt yourself diving yeah you can drop a tank on your foot yeah not a good thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's full of its uh yeah sort of trip ups and hazards yeah definitely yeah, yeah. so what, going right back what made you put your head underwater ah uh, well um there was a as a kid growing up, and I, I was I was born in the East End of London. I grew up on the Hampshire Berkshire border, but like you know, I 
I always say, I'm a real cockney. Um, but there was, a, there was a show on BBC TV, and it was Hans and Lottie Haas, the underwater world of Hans and Lottie Haas. And um, that's really what turned me on to wanting to be a scuba diver. A lot of people say it was a sea hunt or something like that. But for me, it was Hans, Hans Haas, the photography of Hans Haas. Yeah. And um, I'm, I had the, the distinct pleasure of meeting Hans and Lottie Haas. You know, and they were both at that point, I think they must have been in their 80s. And Hans Haas, who, you know, and I, 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 I used to have clients who were German, so I tried to speak German to him. And he put up with it for a little while. <laughs> he sort of answered me in perfect English with this beautiful Austrian accent. Um, and he, you know, he said to me, you know, he'd asked me what it was that got me, that got me into diving or that, that what, how come I knew him and, and his wife, Lottie. And I told him about the TV show that I'd watch. And he said to me, my boy, it wasn't me that got you into diving. It was looking at Lottie on the TV. <laughs> Which was true, and, and I said, <laughs> and the highlight of my life was was uh, Lottie Haas leaning over and giving me a kiss on the cheek, and that was, it was this, you know, meeting your hero. It was, it was awesome. So that's that was really it. And then, um, just I think the whole realization that, um, you know, one of the things I wanted to be when I was a kid was a paleontologist. You know, I was very interested in early life and everything else. And as soon as I found out that. All life on this planet, everything you see, a tree, a blade of grass, a ladybug, you know, a, a blue jay, whatever it is, started life in the ocean. So having the opportunity to actually jump in the ocean and swim around and stay down there for more than a couple of minutes where you're holding your breath to actually stay down there for a considerable amount of time and look and see is a gift. You know, it's something... And of course, if we talk about cave diving, for me, um, again, with that sort of interest in early history, to be inside uh, something, a cave, that is so highly decorated, and those decorations took tens of thousands of years mm. to actually grow, is it's, it's mind-boggling, and, and I still... After all these years, I still get the same thrill. It's still, I still regard it as uh, an honor and a pleasure to be able to look at that stuff. Wow. And of course, I've given up teaching now because, you know, it's just, I, I had a good run, but I, I got too old. Um, I, I got too old to, to <laughs> stop this backside, I feel, you know. We're, a kilometer back in a cave. I'm not sure I could swim someone out, so I gave up <laughs> teaching. But um, I still, I still um, love the fact that um, you can turn someone onto the whole concept of it that they that they haven't thought about, especially a kid. You know, mm -hmm. to actually, you know, one of the wonderful movements in our industry that has really happened in the last few years is that we've we've made it possible for for children for kids to actually experience the first stages of that, even if it's in a swimming pool, even if it's yeah. a try diet for a 10 year old in a swimming pool, it doesn't matter. It's still that, that hook. And for most of us, 
you know the first the first toke on the on the crack pipe is free but from here on in you know yeah. um it, it is a wonderful thing to to experience that so when someone says why did you get into diving i think that's it <laughs> that's yeah. wow that's it yeah it's a great story yeah and you're right you know to get more youngsters involved in this whole amazing experience is yeah just a a great thing it's so nice to hear as well that um because of your um management level at raid uh that you are still finding diving and the thought of going underwater exciting it's not just a, a role it's not just a job it's not you know it's just not a thing to do to get paid is actually because you putting that back in you know and that's the excitement that we've got to to put into kids um so they can say wow look at this you know this you know some of the most exciting things uh to see are the little little critters running around and which you can see a couple of meters by just snorkeling and things like that and that's those that's those things that get people actually then into the sport and that's, and that's if that's coming from the top that's brilliant well, thanks. I mean, you know, we, as I said, one of the things that we bring to it is enthusiasm as a yeah. group. I can, I could quite honestly, any one of my partners could be sitting here right now telling you the same story, mm -hmm. really yeah. and truly. Some of them, some of them would be saying it, you know, in Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's infectious, and that's the main thing. You get that passion, and it's infectious, and it just, yeah, grabs you. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. Um, I, um, well, sorry, you you had a question. I, I was, I'm interrupting, so go ahead. No, no, no. Uh -huh. you, you, See? You. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You carry on. That's a yeah. So, so um, tell tell me, tell us about the um, some of these caves that you've done. Then, do you have a favourite one that stand out? You know, Ian, that's one of the it's one of the questions that one gets asked a lot. You know, right. uh, do you have a favorite cave? And my stock answer was always, you know, this is like, oh yeah, the next one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I do have favorite caves, um, and perhaps I don't know whether it's a, a surprise would be a surprise to some people or not, but but. Some of my favorites are real tourist caves. Mm. A lot of, uh, you know, ones that are frequently visited. It's not, it, it, you know, I, I have had the, the, the pleasure uh, of laying new line in caves yeah. and filming it and looking through the viewfinder and thinking to myself, there's only ever been three people in the history of the world that have ever been to this place and two of them are in the viewfinder of my camera and all, you know, those things. But, I just love going into the any cave. So um, I spend as much time as I possibly can in Mexico because the caves in uh, Quintana Roo in uh, Yucatan are exceptional. Yeah, and there's, a, there's a cave there called Jailhouse, and it has a little bit of a history. And uh, do either of you cave dive? No, never. No, no, no. no I'm new, new in. Unfortunately, not. So all of all the what well, you've got to try, all the people now that that are thinking about cave diving, I'm probably going to frighten them off. <laughs> this this cave, as many of the caves in Mexico, 
starts with literally a hole in the ground and it used to be a muddy pond and the line that led you into inside the cave it's crystal clear water um you swim for about 20 minutes and then in, in one direction and you go under the halocline which is that layer of salt water that yeah. sits below the layer of the lens of fresh water that sits on top and it's even clearer wow. um, and of course under the where the salt water is the limestone has never been discolored by um tannic tannic water the rain water has never gone in there and and dyed it brown or discolored it so it's pure white and it's absolutely astonishing but this the entrance was this you know i don't know you know that thing about a trust me dive <laughs> well there's a there used to be a branch with a piece of string tied to it and right. to go into the entrance because you could see nothing you may as Ooh. well go in there with no lights no mess your eyes shut because you were following a piece of string fair enough and a lot of caves start like that you know three or four meters in suddenly the visibility opens up and everything's cool uh, and you kind of go to yourself wow i wonder who first yeah yeah. yeah anyway cut the story you know sort of as a as a beginning the middle bit COVID hadn't been there for a couple of years. I was there a couple of months ago and the landowner has started to develop it, which in some ways is bad, but in some ways, you know, I mean, it's, it's their land. They want to make some money. They want to, they want to turn it into an attraction. Fair enough. And anyone who's in the adventure travel industry, you know, you can't really fault mm. them for doing what they're trying to do. Anyway, they're digging it out and they've, 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 so I, I went there with a buddy. And looked at it and went this doesn't look like the same i can see you know i can see in the in the pond i actually can see rocks and stuff oh, wow. and we started a dive and it was it was completely clear and i did not recognize the entrance because i thought the entrance was over that way and it turns out the entrance actually is this. <laughs> so for years i've been diving it getting completely turned around you know and didn't know you know literally my backside from a hole in the ground but as soon as you go in of course it's you know it opens up and one of the one of the highlights there are many many highlights in this in jailhouse in this particular cenote in this particular cave but one of them are the bones of a prehistoric giant sloth that wow. at some point you know ten thousand years ago thereabouts walked in got lost died and then the inundation, you know, the water level came up and there were these fossilized bones and it's, wow. and it, it's little things like that. Also in that, in that general area, there are caves where, um, the paleo Indians, the, the, the people that lived there before the, the Mayans, before the Aztecs, before the, you know, Incas, uh, actually mined um okra from inside the caves so the caves were dry they went in there and as tools they they lit fires of course because it's dark in there yeah. and they actually mined with speleotherms they they broke off stalactites or <laughs> stalagmites dug with them and you know you there are caves where you can go and you can actually see the remains of the fire wow. the 
firewood is still there and you can see where they dug the okra out there's little things like that which are astonishing really that's a glimpse into the past like that isn't it yeah yeah it must be amazing to see and you know and and be in that kind of environment where you know is you are on your own you can't talk to somebody you're just viewing it yeah yeah and you always get well i always get i think most people do you always get hit by that visceral connection Mm. and to put it onto onto wreck diving as well um the great lakes you know this area here because the water is fresh the 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 shipwrecks are very very well preserved so there are a ton of wooden wrecks uh one in particular that stands out which is the cornelius b windiate which is in um lake huron um where the when we first dove it there were sail grommets on the deck below the the mass it was a it was a um a schooner rigged uh ship so the the, the all the sail the, the sails had rotted but all the grommets were still around the, the things that held the sail and the, the hoops you know the mass hoops and yeah. the, the things that held the sail to the to the mass were there and you could still see the ice and i remember looking at this piece of rope that had this perfect ice splice in it and i sort of had this connection i shouldn't say this but i touched it and i honestly it was like an electric shock because it was i could sense the sailor who had worked that marlin spike into that piece of rope and you know woven into it the ice splice just astonishing to to think about that connection with history yeah. um, which is there if you if you open yourself up to it and i don't want to sound too west coast but you know <laughs> it's, it's, so how, it's, how old is how old a wreck is that 1850 something oh wow. wow yeah 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 but the fact is you're like so many meters underwater and you're touching something that a human has like engineered yeah and at that particular time i think there'd only been about half a dozen other people on the wreck so you know there is that as well which is kind of wow but even if it was you know even if even if it had, had as many people on it as you know Bakerloo Station or, you know, whatever, Baker Street Station, thank you, on the Bakerloo line, uh, it still has some resonance because it's still there. It's yeah. still mm-hmm. there to appreciate, it's still there to look at, it's still there to experience. And, um, yeah, so that's a that's a great kick as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's really good. So, so how did you kind of come into the raid um, arena is it something that were you because <laughs> you said you were bezac previously so how did uh, the whole raid um scene come about uh a guy called paul tumor who was one of the original partners uh turned around me at the show and said would you write a cave diving manual for us and i said yeah sure so i became i was with another agency another technical agency um and um he he said if you're interested in doing it then do it and i i did it became an instructor trainer for them and then for a little while worked for a couple of years for um, 
and as their director of training. And then uh, when we bought the company, someone said, what, what job do you want? And I said, well, uh, let me see, because <laughs> I have a bit of a background in advertising. I think I'll do marketing. And that was it. So we all, we all got to pick what we did, because none of us, you know, it's not, it, we're not that big a company. And certainly that's, that's part of the, our value proposition to our members is that no one's, no one's paying us to be an executive salary. We all, you know, we all sort of bumble our way through. Yeah. Uh, there's no, there's no big uh, corporate office. There's none of that sort of stuff. And it's just, uh, you know, when we, when we took over, it was very much a, what do you want to do? <laughs> I can imagine you yes. all sitting around a table, yeah. yeah, going, you do this, you do that. <laughs> More or less. More yeah. less. What do we need? Who's going to take over the IT duties? Who's going to take over the business <laughs> development? Who's going to take over marketing? What Who's going to do training? It was, it was one of those things. And uh, luckily we had the, within that group, we had the experience and the expertise to actually have that facility, you know, to be able to, to, be able to do that. It wasn't like we were all, we all wanted to do training or we all wanted to do, you know, whatever. We, yeah. we each had a, we each had something that really t turned our crank. So we were able to divide it up. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So RAID has a, a exposure right across the world or is it only in specific parts? Uh, we're expanding. We've actually in the last uh, couple of months, we've opened two new regional offices, one in the Maldives mm. uh, and one in Brazil. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, we've, we're growing, which is, which is nice. We need to, you know, if, to be perfectly honest, from the point of view of business development, we have to work very hard to grow our footprint in the Caribbean, very important to the Canadian market um, and the and the US market, especially in the northern US. Yeah, because um, the Caribbean's got some some lovely diving. It really mm. has it's some wonderful spots. Um, so we we need to work on the Caribbean. We need to work a little bit harder on the um, recreational diving area, generally worldwide. A lot of people think that RAID is just a, a sort of a technical agency. You know, you guys do rebreathers, you guys do deep trimix, etc. And we do those things. And a lot of the, that core of management now, the owners, we all sort of have a, because we've all been going for a long time, we all have a background that is uh, steeped somewhat in the technical arena. Mm. But we want to get across to people that we're a, we're not a technical agency. We're actually a recreational agency. We have, yeah. We teach little kids tri dives. You know, we have a scuba diving program. For that's how you got started, wasn't it? With on the tech side and rebreathers. Yeah, and then progressed into recreational. We don't. We no longer use the. Oh, sorry, it's over this side. We no longer have the the. We no longer use this acronym. You know, for what it was originally. It's RAID. We don't. If someone says, what does RAID mean? We say, fun diving, safety, uh, attention to detail. <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? But what does it stand for? Well, it stands yeah. for RAID. We don't go into the old acronym anymore. Um, uh, you know, I sometimes say, well, the R for recreational. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it makes you too niche. Yeah. yeah. 
and rather than yeah. being more and, positive and, and open. You know, um, I'm actually putting the f- trying to put the finishing touches on a book, uh, another book, and um, I'm remembering years ago I was standing in front of a, uh, a scuba diving club making a presentation about diving on the Empress of Ireland, which is this wonderful wreck that's in Quebec. Uh, in the St. Lawrence River, where the St. Lawrence River is about 20 kilometers wide. Um, And it's a fantastic, the the biggest maritime or the worst maritime disaster in Canadian history. You know, more passengers lost their lives on the Empress of Ireland than on the Titanic. And very few people have heard of it uh, because it sank about two weeks before the First World War broke out. So that kind of, you know, took everyone's attention. This Archduke Ferdinand guy just got shot in Slovenia. <laughs> so, uh, hey, we're going to go to war. Forget that shipwreck. But anyway, I was, I, was, I was making a presentation on diving this wreck. And, you know, at the end of it, as you will, you say, any questions? And you're expecting people to sort of maybe ask a question about the ship or what equipment you used or what gases were you using? How cold is it? You know, uh, can you get a lobster dinner, uh, you know, just off the, off the, the uh, on shore off the, off the out of the harbor and a guy said what is technical diving how is it different to like ordinary diving and this was in the very beginning of us using that that phrase technical diving and um it was a it was a phrase i, I still don't really like it because all diving is technical but anyway and i i was like stumped and you know that advice they give to lawyers about never ask a question you don't know the answer to (laughs) and i was like so what do you think and i'm you know thinking what can i say what can i answer this question and i said well what do you think it is you know i got around it but my answer was and still is that technical diving pays a little more attention to limits Mm. but really and truly there's no because that it has blurred over the over the intervening years. What used to be technical is no longer technical. You know, um, nitrox used to be technical. Now, does anyone dive air? I mean, I put it in the tires of my mountain bike, and that's about it. You know. Um, <laughs> so, as that definition has changed, I think I think too some of the agencies that started out as technical only agencies. TDI, INTD, RAID, we've all broadened our perspective and outlook mm. um, because, because it's the right thing to do. Yeah. You know, to bring that same attention to, to detail or to, to limits or whatever it is that makes technical diving different and safer, the, 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 that has some cachet or some, some uh, value in the recreational side as well yeah we well, don't want to put people off by as soon as people hear technical you know they'll a lot of people think well it's beyond i can't do technical or you know it's too complicated or it's too you know i've got to study hard but yeah it's diving is available to everybody isn't it yeah yeah i mean if you're comfortable in the water um if you are I wouldn't say detail oriented, but if you, you know, if you can string together a, a couple of, um, a couple of beads on a piece of string, if you have that kind of dexterity and 
if you can understand um, some basic rules and why they're there to keep you safe, then I think, yeah, it's open to open to most mm. people. So if someone's engaged enough to try it, um, and of course there's free diving as well, which is which has a tremendous amount of value. I still, you know, my father wouldn't let me drive a car until I'd driven a motorcycle. Um, and I thank him for that. And I, I'm beginning to think a similar way to scuba diving. I think you should try free diving mm. before you actually strap on a scuba tank mm. and go diving. Um, not popular within the agency. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I get your point, though, because it makes you think about management of air and also, you know, depth and uh makes makes you think more rather than just taking it all for granted that you've got this bottle of air on your back and you know com gets rid of co complacency so yeah, i do to, get you do get the point on that to some extent i mean and, and we we all know complacency is one of the things that we really want to avoid um, yeah. because it, it does have potentially some terrible consequences mm, yeah yeah no, that's a good idea, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, but my partner's an awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe further down the line, we'll start, you know, all these things evolve, but, uh, don't I they? Can, the trouble you've got is that you're trying to, um, as as a business, to, to try and grow, to get, you, you need the numbers to come on, and that might put some people off, I guess. Some Someone... Um, Someone that I know quite well locally, they've, they've got a couple of quite young kids. And they said to me, um, you know, for my, for my girls. And what I said was, if, well, if they're interested, you know, because we've got a lot of water around here, first of all, can they swim? Yeah, they can both swim. Great. Now, teach them to use a mask and snorkel. Yeah. Or sign them up for a snorkel or whatever and then sign them up for free diving class and then get them in a scuba if they really if they're really interested in it there's a there is a there's many misconceptions about what we do you know as a as a pastime and i think one of them is that you've got to go deep you know you've got to go deep you've got to stay down a long time yeah. i had the pleasure many years ago to uh have a, have a an acquaintance who was a a limnologist he was you know the world's leading authority on the acidification of lakes and um he wanted to learn to dive so i taught him to dive but of course during that process i said to him what is it that you want to do with diving and he said i want to hang out two meters in a freshwater lake yeah. and watch snails yeah and that was that was his thing. That was what he wanted to do. That was you know his postdoctoral work or whatever. He was a prof at one of the one of the um, one of the universities here in uh, here in Ontario. And but that was his thing. That's why he wanted to learn to dive. And so it's not always about going deep and going into a cave and going Definitely into not. a wreck. For some people, you know, the accessibility is to get. A couple of meters underwater and to be able to watch yeah. things we were in a lot in last week um 
and I have never seen in, I don't know, several square meters, uh, top and the depth was at six most meters five, top. six meters. Most of it was two. So much life, so many crabs, so many starfish, little critters. And we saw scallop swim. Yeah. Never seen the scallop swim. You know, wow. and there's just so much life. And uh, I know at help Gemma um, and my daughter's going to be learning to dive next year. And one of the things that we're going to be working on is just getting in the river, which is quite quite close to us. Yeah. And then snorkeling. And then just getting because I've seen um through through teaching, I've seen people, uh, children and adults, when they've been in the pool. So they've done the tri dive, then they've done the pool work, and then go straight to a lake, and then really, you know, there's tears and all sorts because there's no in between. They're gone from pool where it's lovely and crystal clear, it's warm, you know, they're in a swimsuit, and now they're in this big, heavy, dry suit. They've got this great big lake ahead of them, hood on, gloves it's on. It's cold, mm. you know, and it all gets too much. And we've I've seen where people have either and adults, not just children, have backed out or they've done the you know, they jumped in and got straight yeah. out again. And that whole, they lose that experience where I think you, you're absolutely right. Where I think with students is really good thing to do is get them used to seeing just the little things, which you could see snorkeling because it breaks that, that ice. Yeah. And who are we to judge what someone else is going to get out of the pastime? You know, yeah. we can't, and it's that whole thing about living vicariously through someone else. And you can't do that. It's not fair. It's not fair on them. Yeah. Everyone has their own reason. And also you miss out as well because someone else brings a different perspective to a pastime that you're very used mm -hmm. to. And suddenly you too can be turned on to someone else's view of what it is that you've looked at for years and years and years, but never actually seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I, which I think is obviously is, is, is wonderful. You know, that's, that's a great thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, and it is. And it, you know, and that infectious about your experience can be passed on to someone else and, you know, then they see it and it just, you know, kind of snowballs as well. And that's how, you know, hopefully we'll get more people putting their heads under the water, whether it is just snorkeling or free I diving. Think, I think sometimes people forget, we are, this is a sport. This is a hobby. This is, you know, something to enjoy. It's not just about slapping two great big tanks on your back and you've got all this weight and you're like struggling and, you know, and you think, it, it, how are you enjoying that? Are you really enjoying that? You know, you don't have to struggle. I think, yeah, I think, I think you may have overheard some of our, board meetings when a couple of the a couple of the members are uh, talking about we got to do this with ccrs and we got to do that with you know rebreathers and and twin tanks and it's like no we don't, yeah. <laughs> no, we don't. what we need to do is we need to get those you know get those eight-year-olds those 10-year-olds those 15-year-olds and explain to them that every drop of water that you drink Every you know drop of water in your giant cup of coffee, um, the water that goes into making your soft drink, it all comes from the same place. And 
why don't we go and see it? And then we might have a bit more respect for it and a bit more comprehension of where it comes from, why we have to protect it. Um, so, you know, there's that, there's, there's that aspect as well. Certainly by the time you've got to slapping a rebreather on your back and five bailout bottles and, you know, going three kilometers on a scooter into a cave to go exploring and lay a new line. Um, by the time you get to that, hopefully you still have not lost that connection yeah. with the very first time that you saw, you know, that one square meter of coral somewhere in the Red Sea or in, off, you know, in the, in the, in Med or, you know, in the Caribbean where you've floated there for an hour and a half, just looking at the, the community. And thinking to yourself, you know, I don't care if there's life on Mars. There's life right here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jen, what did someone say to us on the harbour wall at the Farn Islands? And this is what you've got to get away. This is what, you know, yeah. diving's got to get. This mentality is what we've got to get away from. What did, what did that guy say to us? Yeah, you know? he, he said, well, it's not diving unless you're going over 20 metres deep. And, you know, and we're in the Farne Islands and the Farne Islands are just awesome for a couple of metres, five metres, ten metres. You don't need to do any more than that to see life. And he's going, 20 metres, got to dive 20 metres. Yes, yeah. That's think, BS. You, you, um, <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the west coast of Canada, um, off of Victoria, uh, there is a break wall that goes out around the harbour. And it's a famous dive site. And I took someone there one time, we, you know, we humped our tanks sort of half a kilometer around this, this wall and put everything on and jumped single tanks and jumped in. And I had to literally, I had to sort of remind them to put the regulator back in their mouth because <laughs> on the wall, as soon as your head went under the water, um, that you could not touch the wall without killing something. The west coast of Canada has some of the most colorful and prolific marine life in the world. Plus you've got orcas and, you know, you know, all sorts of other pelagic life, but even the static, you know, the invertebrate life that's on that um, substrate is yeah. absolutely amazing. And you don't have to go, like you don't even really and truly, you could just float there with a mask up. <laughs> and a snorkel, so you might have to take your head out of the water and see it. But it was absolutely beautiful to be at two meters, three meters, yeah. and to see such a prolific, I mean, more prolific than going out in the, in the woods, you know, and, and looking at all the, all the sponges and the sponges, all the mosses, excuse me, and, um, and shrubs and branches and, and trees and insects. It's exactly the same, only more so and more powerful, yeah. more yeah. varied. Yeah. yeah it's uh that's really good to hear and you know we there is pl a place for deep diving and tech diving you know and that is great and you know fair play um and there's a lot to learn with that and the whole part of the sport is, is about all encompassing and it's really good to hear you say that um you know that's that's really good um because it makes ray come over as being very positive very open very welcoming and you know that's how you know as a business is how you've got to be so what is the future for raid you know where, where do you see the future going where do you fit in um with all the other diving agencies i would hope that all the agencies 
have a very similar message. And that is, here's a safe way to enjoy something totally extraordinary that has absolutely nothing to do with our everyday life. This is a vacation right there, you know, um, on a Friday afternoon, you can, or even on Saturday morning, you can drive somewhere, put your kid on and go and experience something that is absolutely, totally different to the rest of your week. I hope every agency thinks that. Um, it's a bit of a Pollyanna look at things because I know that some of them, I know the business model of a couple of our competitors is a little different to that. But, um, <laughs> but that's their choice and you know, that's fine. Um, for the future, I think the future is, honestly, as kids, is turning every generation, you know, part of our mission statement is a new generation of dykes. Um, and that doesn't mean that that can be easily misinterpreted as, as thinking, oh, that means kids. Well, sure it does. But it also means a 70, a 70 year old that suddenly realizes that he or she wants to float around and, and yeah. look at those snails in the lake. So it's, I think the future is trying to really turn people on to what diving actually represents. And it's got so many opportunities yeah. from yeah. nimbling around in three or four meters to laying new line in a cave that's never been visited in the history of the world, yeah. at least for the last 10,000 years. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, so that there's opportunities to do both. And I, I would hope that Raid will be there with open arms to welcome people into that experience from mm. which, whichever end of it they want to they want to make yeah. up. Yeah. Well it sounds a very, you know, um happy kind of agency and a welcoming one as well. And you know, you're right, it it just diving can lead anybody down any avenue we always say this on the podcast you know career wise you know as hobbies it really can take you anywhere yeah it can and as a career i mean i've been very very lucky um you know i got into you know i used to be a recreational sport instructor but i got into technical diving when it was just taking off and um had the opportunity to sort of grow with that side of the industry but it and so i have been i've been lucky but there there is i know i look at the opportunities that there are now from the point of view of ecology from the point of view of paleoanthropology um you know looking at looking at all the, the stuff that exists yeah. um marine biology etc cetera, etc cetera. and th that whole thing about the aquifer about our drinking water we need to become more aware as a as a species we need to become more aware of what it is that we're doing to this planet because you know and maybe 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 not my future uh, but certainly the future of diving might be growing a general awareness of how fortunate we are to live on a blue planet yeah mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, no, no. It's really good. So what would take you out of your comfort zone? Ah, those questions. <laughs> um, out of my comfort zone. Uh, diving, I assume you mean. Yeah. It doesn't have to be diving. Well, yeah, there's just not... in life generally, if there's something else. I think complacency, whether it's in diving, with being with someone mm. who's complacent, or driving in a car with someone who's complacent yeah. about... Or, or cavalier about 
personal safety. Um, that's that takes me out of my comfort zone. I always I get a bit preachy. Yeah, I'm no, bit, no, that that makes sense. I think yeah. anyone. So, you know, <laughs> my partners don't like wheeling me out in front of the audience because I tend, <laughs> I tend to get preachy sometimes. But that that takes me out of my comfort zone. Complacency, uh, disrespect for the environment, uh, disrespect for other people's um, space or their comfort zone. Yeah. yeah yeah no that's a really good answer yeah and you know it's very simple but it's yeah in huge impact as well so your uh partners they're not going to be contacting us after this are they to he said what no, <laughs> no i don't think well we'll see yeah <laughs> we'll make them sweat <laughs> yeah. um okay so next question for you we've got um so if you could take three people diving with you, anyone from history, who would you take? Well, certainly, um, you know, my dad is on that list and my dad is no longer with us, but my dad was um, a very interesting dude and had a, had a, um, a, a great love and curiosity of the unknown, you know? Uh, so I'd love to take my dad uh, on a reef somewhere. Yeah. Um, the other one, of course, is Hans Haas, as I said uh, before, I would, I would just, it, it, there was a man whose enthusiasm and whose understanding of the environment for a man who, you know, really came of age during the, the Nazi occupation of his country, he was Austrian, yeah. um, and then to have some contact with that man, I would, I would love to find out what turns his crank. Think I know it, but he had such a such a deep understanding. Pun unintended. Such a deep understanding of what made marine life tick. Um, yeah, I'd love to. What go do you think he would make of it? You know, with one, what's going on with like climate change and that, and two, what do you think he would make of diving as it is today? Because obviously, you know, technology and uh, kit plays such a big. Role now in in diving. Well, as an underwater, as someone who was into under, making underwater images, you know, films. Yeah, I would love him to see uh, a parallax or a GoPro, because <laughs> <laughs> he he made a housing. His first housing was for a sixteen millimeter Araflex, and it was the size of Gemma. You know, the, the housing was like <laughs> taking a person diving, um, and of course the quality was a. a order of magnitude less than the, the, the resolution that we have now from a from something this big, the yeah. size of a, a teacup. Um, so that would be one thing. And the other thing would be lighting. You know, and again, I've seen, I've been diving long enough to have seen the incredible technology or changes in technology that have gone on in terms of battery size, power, number of lumens being kicked out by light, their reliability. You know, in cave diving, we still teach that people take backup lights to their primary light and primary lights do occasionally fail yeah. and you know you need another light because it is dark in there but um it's so rare and it used to be so common you know, every every second day your main light would go you know belly up but now that that's much less frequent so that technology has changed so those two things Hans Hass or any early um underwater videographer or photographer that's really you know digital technology lights that don't fail that are very bright 
that are color corrected, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I yeah. think you'd be astonished. Yeah, no, that's amazing. So that's yeah. two people. So who would be your third? I think any politician that doesn't understand why we need protection of our waterways. Yeah. Just take them under there and do that thing like that. My friend who was a scientist, stick them in front of a couple of blades of grass and say, look at that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, that is, you know, we have a common ancestor with that. Sure, it's a few hundred million years ago, but, you know, if we don't protect that, how can we possibly expect to protect ourselves? And mm -hmm. really, that's what it's about. So that would be my, that would be my, kick someone in the in the butt kind of kind of dive yeah, yeah. no good answers yes definitely so. <laughs> so through obviously your whole life have you got some kind of nugget that you think is you know a bit of a life hack that you would pass on to somebody and say this is from me i th you know one of the one of the things about what we do in life as well as this pastime that we that we <laughs> that we want to enjoy is breathing and years and years ago i was taught to breathe um i i took up a chinese martial art and for quite a long time we just learned to breathe that was all we you know with no sort of kung fu no no bits of wood no bricks <laughs> none of that stuff no stretching your legs just sitting there breathing so meditation, and if there was one thing, and again, I don't want to sound too, you know, West Coast latte drinking, you know, <laughs> um, sort of get all your chakras open. But meditation, it, it helps. And learning to breathe, learning to focus your mind. When something hits the fan, you know, when the Rottweilers are all lining up underwater and, you know, things are looking a bit pear-shaped, being able to calm yourself down and carry on breathing at a normal rate. You cannot panic if you can control your, your breathing. Mm, you just can't. Yeah. Um, you might shift your focus onto things that are not quite where they should be, but essentially, if we could, if I could pass on one thing to anyone who's thinking about either taking up diving or wanting to improve their diving or wanting to get more out of it, I would say learn to breathe, practice yeah. meditation. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's we have had guests in the past say that free diving has really helped their scuba diving. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think I, re <clears throat> I really think that's that's good advice. Do you do yoga? Uh, I do Tai Chi, so yeah. uh, sort of moving meditation. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's kind of like yoga. I, I, I do yoga stretches, but yeah. in the Tai Chi world, they're called Qigong. So okay. it's the same thing. Yeah. No, I think it's good. I think it's just it's popular. Yeah. And what you say about breathing we, is so true as well, it. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant. So if yoga we could give you. What was that? Sorry. Say that again. No, I said yoga breathing or, martial, or breathing for martial arts or breathing for meditation it's all centered on the same premise yeah 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 and it, it's so important as well to and I, you know what you say with pat with panic that you know control your breathing it certainly definitely helps um okay next question um we've got is we're going to give you a billboard 
Okay. And that billboard will be seen by the whole world. And you can put anything you like on that billboard. It can be a video, an image, a statement, a message. Goes out to the whole world. What are you going to put on it? I think, and I mean, I, I, I realize this is starting to sound like a, a broken, you know, record going round and round and round, skipping back to the same track. But I think I would put on it some sort of a message that was easily digestible by the, by the largest number of people about how important water is mm -hmm. in our life and our existence and the, and the continued existence of this species. Um, we have, in a very short space of time, destroyed huge numbers of species, you know, driven to We are the mass extinction that's happening right now. Mm -hmm. And is it too late to reverse it? I don't know. I hope not. Um, but certainly I would, I would hope that, you know, when I draw my last breath, I can think to myself, well, you know what? The ocean's being protected. So if I had that billboard and it, it was there, that would be, there would be a message on it. And I used to be a copywriter, so I should be able to come up with a snappy headline and I can't, <laughs> except, you know, this is your future and just a lot of water, just a big blue expanse with maybe a wave on it. Because it really is, you know, it's our past. And I think there's a continuum for it to go into the future as well. Yeah. yeah. And we can't survive without it. You can go without food for yeah. a long time. You can go without water for a few days. You can only go without air for about five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Back to, back to breathing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah no great answers really great and yeah quite thought-provoking as well which is a yeah always a good thing yeah so if people want to find out more about you and raid where are the best places for them to catch you um well um, there are there are links i know the way you do it there are links and i'm i, I will certainly say click on the links um do a Google search or go to diveraid.com and or to our blog, which is, you know, um, diveraidinternational.blog. Uh, you know, those are, those are places where you find out more about the company and a little bit more about me. Not that me is important, but uh, certainly from the point of view of uh, perspective um, and my, my lovely line marker cartoons, my, uh, my stupid <laughs> doodles that I do. Yeah. And of course, Facebook, you do a search on Facebook and, you know, we all come up. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. And hopefully from this podcast, you know, people will give Raid a look up and, yeah. uh, yeah. And, you know, I really think it like gives that enthusiasm and positivity. It's, it's really like a welcoming feel that it gives out. Yeah, and that's that's nice to hear as well. And of course, I hope to see you guys at the, at the show in England. Um, this kind of spring. Yeah, we'll be there. And um, you know, that's an important show for for us and for our North American uh, listeners. Uh, Raid will be at Dima, um, which is a very very different sort of show. Very American. Not quite as welcoming as the go diving show. <laughs> so that that Dima's in November. Isn't yeah, it? early November. 
November 1st, yeah, yeah. I think this year, in Orlando, Florida, which is, uh, which is a very interesting spot. Mm. Yeah, we, good dive spot. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I mean, Florida, it's in Florida. Florida. You know, there are parts of Florida that have wonderful diving. Uh, the Florida Keys have some interesting wrecks, some nice reefs. And then you've got the, the, the sort of the east coast of Florida, which has the Gulf Stream. And it, yeah. again, it's got some great drift dives. And of course, you've got the, you know, the seat of uh, technical cave diving in North Florida around Juni Springs, High Springs, that area, um, Wakala. Uh, but uh, Orlando, Mickey no. Mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take a visit to Disneyland. <laughs> or not. Years ago, I took my... Uh, Took my stepkids to Disneyland. They stuck it for one day and then said, can we go somewhere else? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, That's well, hopefully the show will get everybody together from, you know, all parts of the world. And uh, yeah, that's a good way to meet up with everybody anyway. That is. Yeah. And look at our opportunities because it, it is about uh, getting out of your uh, shell and not necessarily out of your comfort zone, but growing your comfort zone and traveling to places that, um, that you maybe have always thought about traveling to. And that's one of the nice things about all of the dive shows, whether it be Boot in Germany, whether it be Dima, whether it be the, the Go Diving show or any of the other shows around the world, the Paris show. A lot of the, one of the big components, of course, is travel. And yeah. that is part and parcel of our industry and what we do it has to do with travel. So yeah. that's a, yeah. a huge component yeah. as well. Yeah, no, really good. Yeah. yeah. So have you got any dives planned for the next week or so? Not for the next week, but uh, in a few weeks, I'll be going back to Florida, to Florida, to, um, uh, to Mexico. Yeah. Wow. Uh, to do some more cave diving. And my, uh, my girlfriend is going to do a cavern class. So wow. she has been nice. She's been convinced to try the overhead so we'll see how that goes when, when was your last dive then when, when was your last in the water uh, i was last in the water a couple of weeks ago three weeks ago yeah cool. was that a cave or you just uh no it was uh it was in a lake all oh, right yeah yeah oh well that's good Excellent. so yeah right before, yeah. before that was in a cave so yeah you know, yeah yeah brilliant yeah well, well we looked forward to hearing how the cave and the mexico trip goes let us know because that's a, always good to know so but yeah well thank you very much for being on the podcast it's a yeah been great chatting to you and we're looking forward to seeing you in yeah. Uh, march yeah really. yeah soon come around thanks thanks for the invite and yes it will come around very very quickly in the meantime stay safe have fun dive lots and keep uh keep doing what you do because it's important get the message mm -hmm. out yeah. Thank you very much for coming on and sparing some of your time as well. So uh, what I say, thank you very much for Steve for coming on. That was really good. And uh, so enthusiastic and also so good to hear, you know, Steve's top of the uh, top of the management tree and, you know, he's seeing his enthusiasm. You can see it on his face. Yeah. Just the words that he said. Um it's really good because you know raiders are you know really important part of the diving community and they're going to be teaching people yeah and we need that enthusiasm to come through and you know we've got to say you don't always get that with instructors you know and that needs to filter from the top down 
Yeah, and um, uh, well, for our listeners, RAID is not always a, you know, everybody's heard of Paddy, but RAID isn't always... It's not always their first choice. No, no it's not, because, no. you know, Paddy is a big monster, it's a big machine, you know. It's the it's corporate. It's long time. Yeah. Very, yeah. yeah. Yeah, whereas, you know, for any new diver raid i mean we've met steve in person but it always comes across as he's so enthusiastic and it's kind of that welcoming yeah kind of feel about it and you the do good th- the good thing you get with um a agency like raid um and i would probably include you know ssi you've got global underwater explorers you've got tdi i and, and td you know you've got um these smaller agencies and they can adapt Mm. the people at the top can get more involved. They're not just owned by investors who are just thinking about the, the dollars and the pound notes there, you know, uh, and uh, when an agency gets really, really big, that can be an issue for them to just change. Yeah. But equally, you know, everybody wants different things from their diving. So, you know, people that go to raid fit that mold, but yeah. then people that fit in the bigger agencies, yeah, it's good for them. Yeah. So, like Bizat, you know, yeah. there's, there's a there's a reason why Bizat exists because you know some people prefer that that club type of teaching rather than you turn up, you pay your money, mm. and a weekend you'd go from being a non-diver to a uh, qualified diver. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Um, in a short period of time but, know, but some people prefer more open club yeah type of, uh, teaching yeah but i think steve's a good representation of raid and kind of their morals and their yeah values really yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah and you know it's great that he's so enthusiastic about it all and he will be till yeah <laughs> forever and ever he's, he's yeah. great yeah yeah no i yeah, thoroughly good. Uh, really good to hear. Um, some really good points uh, I thought he made, um, you know, about being open and, you know, diving is about having fun. Yeah, but not being complacent. That was a big thing. But no, that's right. Yeah, you can be, you know, uh, on your A game and making sure things are done properly and still have fun. Yeah. The two, the two go hand in hand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was really good. So, yeah, sort of great. And hopefully it will make people have a look at RAID and see where their nearest RAID agency is in the UK yeah. or wherever they are in the world. Yeah, yeah. Well, the links will be in the show notes and, um, you know, uh, so they'll be there. And in our social medias, when we come to share in this episode, they'll yeah. they'll be there, won't they? Yeah. So, And we all should also know that um, we'll... we'll if we haven't noted this at the start of the podcast is that uh, we're obviously in the UK on the East coast and he's half a world away <laughs> in, Canada, uh, yeah. in the depths of the Canadian, uh, what's the word? Um, rural areas on the one, of the lakes near Toronto. Yeah. So he was, um, yeah, I think he was 250 K from Toronto. So yeah. Yeah, so the reception wasn't always fab, but yeah, we, we strong, held it together. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, um, and if it weren't, we, you know, if it weren't for Zoom, a lot of these interviews would never take place. Right. We should remember that. So thanks to, you know, modern technology, 
yeah know, the, we can do these conversations so yeah anyway we hope everybody enjoys that and uh, that'll be on to the next one yes yep so thanks steve lewis yeah thanks steve thanks for taking part that was, that was really good and we'll see him in march, march which is not long away actually 2023 yeah six months yeah. away yeah so uh yeah we'll be talking about the go di- the go diving show <laughs> all the time Okay, well, thanks for downloading and uh, don't forget to leave a review and uh, we will see you on the next one. But for right now, that was the Big Scuba Podcast. (laughs) See you later. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for listening. Now that does wrap up today's episode of the Big Scuba Podcast. But if you want to hear more from the podcast, make sure you hit that subscribe or follow button depending on what platform you are listening on. That way, you will never miss an episode from us. But if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy what you heard today, we would really appreciate it if you head to the show page to leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help us. If you do, please take a screenshot of that review and send it to us on Instagram and we'll give you a shout out to say a big thank you. If you have any questions for us, or anything that has been mentioned in today's episode, be sure to reach out to us on any of our social media platforms or send us an email. The links are in the show notes. We will get back to you no matter what. If you have made it to this point in the episode, we both want to say a big, big thank you for tuning in and we'll see you on the next episode.